sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to a football Friday. Live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Football Friday. A Football Friday where once again our job, our task, is to build the excitement for the football this weekend following a miserable Thursday night football game. But outside of the football universe, we have playoff baseball bright and early, a triple header Friday because of a rain out last night here in the New York City area. Up in the Bronx, the Yankees and the Guardians at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And then both of the NLDSs that we have on that side of the league. So, so much going on on this Friday. The NHL season is underway a huge week seven college football slate as well and the nba season starts on tuesday all of that coming to a head here on a football friday live on the morning after we bring you until 11 a.m eastern time so a football friday again we'll build that hype we'll build that excitement you'll be ready for your sunday slate you'll be thrilled for what we will see on the college football gridiron tomorrow and you need that enthusiasm because for the second straight week Thursday night football was awful. And for the second straight week, the winning team scored 12 points. But somehow, someway, even though two touchdowns were scored last night in Chicago, it finished with a lower combined final score. 12-7 to the final in favor of the Washington Commanders. They go on the road. They went outright as a slight one-point favorite. It was just minus 118 on the money line. Virtually a pick in Washington now snapping a four-game skid. Chicago just two and four straight up and against the spread. It was the fourth game now in six of them this year for the Bears. A total had been booked pregame at less than 40 points. And of course, it stays under. The total last night and over under of 37 and a half. So no, it was not an offensive game, despite the fact that we saw two offensive touchdowns, one for Washington, Brian Robinson Jr. finding Pater, and one for Chicago, a wonderful throw from Justin Fields to Dante Pettis. But we had two touchdowns, and the total still very, very much under. In fact, falling under even 20 points combined. 37 in a hook was that total last night. It had dropped all week long, ending at that number, and you can see what the result was. Tyler Aki, who was on the show yesterday, told you about the Bears' second-half defense only allowing one touchdown. Well, the Washington Commanders were up 3-0 at the break, and they still only scored nine in the second half, staying under their second-half total of nine and a half. Carson Wentz finished with less than 100 passing yards. Justin Fields, though, for the third straight game, goes over his passing yards prop. A buck 90 through the air last night for the second-year quarterback. He did throw a touchdown. A goal line interception as well. Also carry the ball 12 times for 88 yards, well over his rushing yards prop of 39 and a half. Really all the backs for the Chicago Bears in the ground game going over the rushing yards prop last night. Khalil Herbert, seven carries, 75 yards, well over 26 in a hook. And David Montgomery finishing with 67 yards as well. And what a story Brian Robinson Jr. has been making his first career NFL start last night for the commanders coming back just a month and a half after being shot twice 
in an attempted robbery, he finishes with 60 yards on 17 carries for a touchdown as well. So Washington wins outright. A slight favorite on that money line at minus 118 to snap a four-game losing skid and improve to two and four this season. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of a football Friday live on the morning after. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix. Sirius XM Channel 159 as well. I am Ben Stevens. So both of these teams entered last night's with relatively short odds to have the worst record of the year. The Bears are now two and four. The Commanders are now two and four. These two teams are two of 13 NFL teams right now that have just two wins. 13 of the 32 NFL organizations have just two wins. And there are five other teams with only a single win this year. More than 56% of the league is at 500 or worse right now. Yes, not great football through five weeks now entering week number six of this NFL campaign the Bears by the way now the longest odds to make the postseason of any NFC team at 16 to 1 the Washington the Washington Commanders excuse me in the headlines on this football Friday not just because of the result last night at Soldier Field as well to kick off week six on a Thursday yesterday afternoon a large investigative report from ESPN detailing Dan Snyder pretty much building up ammunition if the NFL tries to force a sale of his team. In this long report, Dan Snyder hiring private investigators to gather dirt, information, all of the skeletons in the closet on people like Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, all other 31 NFL owners, and the idea being if he is ever forced out of the league, he will take everybody down with him. In fact, the quote that stood out from this report, quote from Dan Snyder, They can't F with me. So what will happen? Will Dan Snyder be forced out of the sale of his franchise? Dan Snyder right now under current investigation from the House Oversight Committee, that's Congress, and the NFL launching another investigation into the toxic workplace environment in Washington, sexual assault allegations within the franchise, and also against the owner Dan Snyder in his person don't become desensitized to this story we will see how it continues to play out there is not any finite end date in line for this story the rest of the football friday continues on here when pro football today's mike blewett joins us next look around the nfl sunday slate and the marquee matchups that we have stay with us sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com so here we are once again on a football friday live on the morning after on sports grid and serious xm channel one 59 with the same task we had last week following a pretty tough Thursday night football game that makes you question hey should I really get into hockey this year we have to build that excitement for the Sunday slate NFL week number six but the great thing is this Sunday features some unreal matchups starting in the afternoon a rematch of the AFC divisional round game from last year between the Bills and the Chiefs in Arrowhead that was one of the best football games these two eyes have ever seen in a battle for the top spot 
in the NFC East in Philadelphia. Helping us discuss all of that now and preview the weekend to come with also looking back quickly on last night. It is one of the hosts of Pro Football Today each and every Sunday, live right here on Sports Grid, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. It is Mike Blewett. Blewett, again, Thursday night football, pretty tough game, but thank you for joining us here on a Football Friday. Yeah, I think I could sum it up by saying I fell asleep in the fourth quarter, so I had to wake up and this morning and run it back and, and find out exactly what happened. But you know, when the key play is a fumbled punt in one's own territory, I, I think that says everything you need to know. We've got a lot of field goals going on yet again, uh, but at least we did see some touchdowns finally. I felt bad for Al and Kirk there for a minute. Haven't been able to say touchdown in a while, but yep. Looks just two struggling offenses and the Bears to get to their five-yard line three times and not score any points says it all. Um, I'm not terribly surprised that you said that they're the longest shot in the NFC to make the playoffs because even though they have a two and four record and there's teams with uh, less wins than that, when you look at the rest of their schedule, I'd be surprised if they're favored than in one or even two games. Yep. I think it's a pretty fair assessment, and the Bears were the worst covered team as an underdog a season ago. So what does success look like? Well, maybe trusting your second-year quarterback a little bit more, or I don't know, Luke Getze, calling plays that use the best of his ability and not having him under center on a fourth-and-goal play to fake a pitch to have one option out there to Darnell Mooney. But I digress. As Blewett said, three possessions for the Bears that got to the commander's five-yard line. And they come away with zero points. And they lose by five, 12 to seven. The final, the Commanders winning outright as a slight favorite on the money line. There had been 40 consecutive offensive possessions without a touchdown on Thursday night football, dating back to the second half of the Bengals and the Dolphins three weeks ago. That was a long time without a touchdown. No touchdowns between the Colts and the Broncos in Denver. And then finally, in the second half last night, somebody found Pater. All right, Blue, let's put it to bed. We're done with Thursday night football. We build the excitement once again for a Sunday okay. slate, and let's go right to Sunday night football. At the link in Philadelphia, the Eagles hosting the Cowboys. Now, Dallas head coach Mike McCarthy saying earlier this week, Cooper Rush is expected to get the start for Dallas for a fifth straight week there was some hope that maybe Dak Prescott could return from the thumb injury to be available for this huge NFC East divisional tilt against the Eagles but it will be Cooper Rush and we saw the line work from five and a half in favor of Philly now to six and a half so how do you evaluate that spread movement knowing that Cooper Rush will be the starter at quarterback it's a good question because I, I think a lot of us are expecting or many people are expecting an NFC East slugfest. Dallas has led with their defense. Obviously, Micah Parsons has been tremendous. You'd probably put him in as the favorite for defensive player of the year, regardless of what the odds boards actually say at the moment. And Philly's offense has really carried the day. Their defense has been really good, too. I'm not discounting that in any way. But when you see one component of the Philly defense, they have been a little bit more susceptible to the run. And considering the balance that the the Cowboys offense has shown under Cooper Rush, I think there's actually an opportunity for the Cowboys to slow down this game and perhaps limit what Hurts is able to do, at least limit the number of possessions that Hurts is able to do it in. So uh, I think the spread is a little too big for me. 
Yeah. I do think the Eagles are the superior team, but even though it's a home game, this is a situation where I'm willing to take the points. Nearly a touchdown in a tight divisional game. I think you have to be comfortable taking the points here. And you saw those stats from Cooper Rush. They're not winning maybe because of Cooper Rush, but they are right. certainly not losing because of him either. He is playing clean football. 10 completions only last week for a buck 02 through the air against the Rams, but still, they won the football game, leading with that defense, doing what is needed of Cooper Rush. And in his five starts in the last two years for Dallas, a perfect 5-0 and straight up. And against the spread, four of those five victories outright as an underdog, getting six and a half points. Blewett, as I evaluate these numbers, the spread and the total, oftentimes you can correlate them. I feel that will be the case for this game on Sunday night. If the Cowboys are going to keep this game within margin, it will be that defense applying pressure on Jalen Hurts and keeping this game under. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, he has the shortest price to find the end zone of any player on Sunday night as of right now. Anytime touchdown props at plus 110. Jalen Hurts has scored in four of the five games for Philadelphia this year, six touchdowns in total. So, Blewett, as we look at some of these anytime TD props that we were just talking about there, we'll flip it over now to the big picture discussion of the NFC East divisional odds. The Birds right now, a pretty heavy favorite, minus 280. What do you think the result on Sunday will do for the prices in the divisional market? I think it clearly will tighten it, but I don't think it will be something that you're going to get a much better price on the Eagles. I think your good price on the Eagles, that ship has sailed a long time ago. Ben, we sat here in July and August and talked about it. I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles at plus money, and we're in a good position right now. Obviously, a lot of this rests on the legs and arm of Jalen Hurts. And I do. I would expect it to get tighter because it would be a home loss to the Cowboys. Cowboys potentially yeah. with tiebreakers long term. But, but I don't think it'll get all that tight. For those of you that are liking the Eagles and are afraid of the price, I think you're hoping for a loss for them to finally take an L and then maybe get them at a little bit of a better price. So it'll tighten up, but I don't think it'll be anything that crazy because... As you look at the Eagles' schedule, yeah. it's a big part of why I chose them for the rest of the way. It is unlikely that the Eagles will be an underdog for the rest of the season. I think that Packers game is the only shot that you have right now, barring any injuries. And that's really what's going to tell the story of the odds board more than anything else. And that odds board is telling the story with Philadelphia right now. The heavy odds on favorites to win the NFC East, the favorites in the NFC Championship market as well. And an updated win total following week number five at 12 and a half in the over has the juice. So that is Sunday night football. Sunday afternoon, though, in Arrowhead. A rematch of the AFC Divisional Round matchup from last January between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. One of the best football games we have ever seen. Going toe-to-toe, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, dueling it out all Saturday or all Sunday long last year now, this year on a Sunday as well. Blue, obviously everybody is excited for this football game. We cannot wait to see what is going to happen. The Chiefs as a home underdog for the first time with Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. But as you break it down, What's a key matchup you'll be paying attention to that you think gives a side the edge over the other? I think you absolutely have to be looking at how the Bills' defensive backfield can hold up under the pressure of Patrick Mahomes. 
for regardless of what people think of the Chiefs' options, Mahomes has been able to take care of defenses every week this season. I think you're going to want to see, are the Bills going to get any healthier? Can they play any more effective in the defensive backfield? They're winning games to some extent in spite of the weaker play of their defensive backfield. I do expect it to get better, healthier over the course of the season. But that is the one thing I'll be focused on is how healthy this Bills defensive backfield is and how they can hold up under the onslaught of Patrick Mahomes. 42-36, the final last year in a playoff game in Arrowhead, of course, going to overtime. The only thing stopping Josh Allen, a coin toss. We go around the NFL, continuing with Mike Fluid up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So as we said at the top of the show, following Thursday night football with the Commanders at 2-4 and four straight up, and the Bears also at 2-4 and four straight up, there are 13 teams in the NFL with just two wins. There are five other teams with just a single win so far this year. 18 of 32 teams in the National Football League at 500 or below. There's a lot of bad, but there's also some good. So let's set the stage for this Sunday, week number six, of the NFL season live right here on a football Friday on the morning after Mike Blewett is here for a second consecutive segment he'll be here for a third straight segment when we run the triple option up next but Blewett the news in the National Football League this week at least from a head coaching perspective the first firing already of this year following just five weeks the Carolina Panthers firing Matt Rule earlier this week it was slightly expected after a one in four start to this year just five wins in 2021 five wins in 2020 as well so the Panthers now hit the road to Los Angeles and the reigning Super Bowl champs tough matchup right well Los Angeles is just two and three under 500 to start this year yet blew it booked as a 10 point favorite at home first let's start with Carolina what do you expect the response to look like for the Panthers now playing with an interim head coach and Steve Wilkes It's always a difficult thing to try to sort out whether or not they'll feel like they got a shot in the arm with a coach that maybe is more motivational for them, more organized for them. Can he extract some offense out of yet another quarterback? That remains Mm. to be seen. I think it is a difficult thing to try to sort out. But I can tell you that going on the road against a Rams team, even as much as this Rams team is struggling, I don't think it's the landing spot that you wanted. Yeah. The the defending Super Bowl champs have been really bad by their standards. And I think this might be a good get right spot for them. I just don't, while the spread is enormous and you don't have to feel comfortable laying all of that for the Rams, I think there's ways to attack that game, which are not favorable to the Panthers. But PJ Walker, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, just getting all of them involved and getting them out in space is going to be the key and we need to see if steve wilkes can do that his obviously one year run as head coach of the arizona cardinals did not go well i did not think he was put in a position to succeed there but at least they have somebody with head coaching experience this is an interim taking over for the first time 
Yeah, it's a really good point. And when you look at the spread correlated to that total, 41 and a half, that probably means the Panthers is not expected to score a bunch. It is not Baker Mayfield. He is out for a few weeks. Sam Darnold is not healthy yet either. So it is P.J. Walker, who has given us some thrills over the years. But P.J. Walker gets the start for the Panthers. I feel bad for Matt Corral who the Panthers drafted in the third round out of Ole Miss, an injury in the preseason. This might have been a time to say, hey, let's see what the Rook has. But unfortunately, not the case, as he is out for the year as well. So we'll see what Carolina has as a response following the firing of their head coach in Matt Rule. So now to those reigning Super Bowl champs, Blewett. As you look at the odds updated right now for the Rams, a 10.5 preseason win total down to 9.5 in the under has the juice they have the seventh best price to make the playoffs still in minus money that's good but their odds to win the division the preseason favorites now the second best price behind san francisco how concerned are you by what you have seen out of sean mcveigh in los angeles so far very concerned and it isn't really like the defense has collapsed they're not scoring any points ben they're rolling out tens and nines here in key games not even scoring over 10 points in three of their five games thus far. So this is really an offensive failure. We know that Matt Stafford has turned the ball over a lot, led the league, leading the league in interceptions, I believe still. And the rushing offense has had no consistency whatsoever. We don't know whether it's Akers or Henderson or whomever that's going to get key carries, and they haven't been effective consistently. So... I do think this comes down to some failures along the offensive line. They've had some injuries there, and overall, it's not a strong group. They were able to get through the Super Bowl last year, and Andrew Whitworth retired, and uh, he's obviously, like us, putting on a headset on Thursday nights. But I I do need to see some consistency here. I don't know that the Panthers are the team that's going to rattle Stafford in any way, so I do expect a big game out of Cooper Cup. And I think the Rams can put up some points here. I don't know that they explode for 30, but I think they'll be a little bit more consistent here uh, going up against the Panthers team that's obviously reeling. So the Rams are the second best odds now in the NFC West, that plus 220 number. The San Francisco 49ers an odds-on favorite at minus 160. The Niners on the road once again, taking on an NFC South team. San Francisco visits Atlanta this weekend. Although the Niners are favored by five and a half points in a reunion of sorts for Kyle Shanahan, the former offensive coordinator in the A. The Dirty Birds are the only perfect team against the spread, the only team in the National Football League that is covered in every game. A perfect 5-0 against the number. So, it. can the Falcons keep it rolling? Can the Falcons continue to cover numbers? I think they can. I may be contradicting myself during the triple option, but I think the Niners can keep it close. We do have a situation with the Niners that makes this spread not what it would otherwise be and could change dramatically if we get some news on players like Eric Armstead and most notably Nick Bosa. Five and a half right now is the number. If we declare those guys healthy, that's going over a touchdown. So... I do think that even though they're defensive players, I do think they can move the spread that much. I think it can get up to seven. And I think that's why we're seeing this funky number right now. Credit to the Falcons for battling in all of these games. Despite the injuries, they've been able to put up points and obviously win a game. 
I just don't think this is the get-right spot for them. They've been very effective running the ball, top five rushing offense, according to DVOA. Unfortunately, yeah. you're going up against the top rushing defense in DVOA in the Niners. But again, key injuries along the defensive line, players held out of practice, Bosa and Armstead, the first two days of uh, full practices this week. We'll see what today looks like and tomorrow. But all else equal... I think the Niners are just a bad matchup for the Falcons. The Niners, the best scoring defense in the league right now. It's why D'Amico Ryans is going to be in the head coaching carousel at the end of this season. The defensive coordinator for San Francisco, limiting teams at just over 12 points per game. And the Falcons are running the football, the second most in the NFL, only behind the Chicago Bears. So that is their area of attack. But the Niners are really, really good defensively, as Blewett was laying out. Jimmy Ward also injured in that game in Carolina last week. After returning, he played one series and then was out once again. So keep an eye on those defensive injuries for San Francisco entering this matchup in Atlanta. The Birds, again, the best team in the NFL against the number. A perfect 5-0, and all five games booked as an underdog. All right, Blewett, for the first time in a very long time, the Pittsburgh Steelers will be an eight-point or more underdog at home inside Acrisure Stadium this Sunday, hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On one side, it is the 45-year-old Tom Brady playing in his 23rd NFL campaign. On the other, it is the rookie, Kenny Pickett, making his second NFL career start against Tampa Bay. An eight-and-a-half-point spread for the rookie and the vet. Blew it. What's your approach? I just am really struggling to see how the Steelers are going to score consistently here. And I don't think this is a one issue. It's not about having a rookie quarterback. It's not about just the offensive line. It's not just about Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, being on the hot seat. But it is a combination of all of those things. And I think having him go on the road in Buffalo was clearly a very tough start and a very tough place to play. But this is no soft landing whatsoever. Great, it's a home game, but you're going up against one of the defenses that has been one of the best in the league thus far this year. Another top five defense, despite what happened against the Chiefs. They've been good everywhere else. I do think that, I think an angle to take is looking at team totals here. Mm. And I don't know how the Steelers are going to get over the 17 and a half. They showed no ability to be able to move the ball effectively last week. But one bet I really did like and that it hit was Penny Kenny Pickett's completion. So keep an eye on that prop. There is going to be a lot of short throws. Najee Harris is banged up. He's seeding carries to Jalen Warren. But his ability, Pickett's ability to get the ball out quickly to Fryermuth and Johnson and others, especially Pickens as well, is something to take a look at. He smashed the completions last week. He was in the third quarter before he got over the 18 and a half completions that was necessary to hit that prop. So, Blue, we're looking at three teams out of the NFC South. The Falcons, the Panthers, the Bucks. now in that first place position. The Saints at home this week as a one and a half point underdog against the Bengals in an interesting matchup between two teams below 500. But when you look at the path, Blewett, and you're great at correlating future prices and making it all make sense, the Bucs, who have the second-best price in the NFC now, still a very heavy favorite to win the NFC South at minus 550. How do you look at your path through the regular season and put it into that postseason perspective? I think when you look through this schedule, there's plenty of wins on it for 
the Bucks, but they're still going to play the Ravens coming up in a few weeks. They do have the Rams, um, and obviously we've got a London or sorry a Germany game for them against Seattle. So the Ravens game could be tough. They still have to play at the Niners. I just think as you start to look through it, but considering where the Eagles are at versus where the Bucks are at, the Eagles are still going to have the edge long term on record and home field advantage. And the birds right now still the favorite, the shortest number to be the number one overall seed in the NFC. We establish the run by running the triple option. Our favorite side, total and prop, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A football Friday, live right here on the morning after, where on this program, we believe in establishing the run. We run the triple option each and every football Friday to give you our favorite side, total, and prop for the Sunday slate in the National Football League. Pro Football Today's Mike Blewett is back with us here live on TMA. Blewett, we will go through our week six triple option, and we will start with your favorite side, a game we just discussed, but an added wrinkle to it or maybe there's a better edge. What is your favorite side, and what is the approach? So, like is a normal, like in a normal season in the NFL, we're dealing with mid-season spreads that start to get a lot sharper. It gets a little bit tougher, yeah. or at least feels a little bit tougher. I'm going to ride the Niners wave here. I did talk specifically about how you're going to have to keep an eye on the injury reports, especially today, to see if Bosa and Armstead can play. If they're out, I think you might consider trashing what I'm about to say. But I do think that the Niners can limit what the Falcons are doing on the ground. They're the best rush defense in the league. It's really how the Falcons are building all of their offensive success for all of you Kyle Pitts out, Kyle Pitts fantasy owners out there, RIP. It's been a tough season, yeah. uh, and I think it'll continue to be. But I'm going to take the Niners minus three in the first half against the Falcons. That crooked number of five and a half is a little weird. You saw the Falcons obviously kept it close against the Bucks last week and save a funky uh, non or a funky call on roughing the passer. They might have had a shot to win that game. But I'm going to go with the Niners here to limit the run against the Falcons and cover the three in the first half. They're able to do the same against the Panthers last week. We smashed with the Niners a week ago. Atlanta, the only perfect team left in the National Football League in terms of... No more, Ben. No more. I know. Well, at least maybe not in the first half. We'll see about the entire game. But, Blue, you brought up a really good point about the five-and-a-half weird number. It's a very interesting spread anytime around five, five in a hook. But it might move if those key defensive players for the best scoring defense in the National Football League, that being the 49ers and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, are able to play. And a lot of the success... The Falcons have had on the ground is with Cordero Patterson, who was not there that last week against the Buccaneers, but still Atlanta covering as a 10-point underdog, booked as a dog in all five, and a perfect 5-0 and against the spread. But looking in the first half, because of those very reasons we just laid out, is a very smart concept. Blue, for me, it's pretty simple. It's the Chiefs' money line. For the first time in his career, as a starting quarterback, that dates back to the start of the 2018 season, Patrick Mahomes is booked as a home underdog 
inside Arrowhead. It's like seeing Haley's Comet or the Yeti. It's a rare occurrence, very infrequent. So when you get the Chiefs as a money line dog at plus 124, you must take them. I understand why Buffalo is favored. The Bills are favored in literally every category they could possibly be as a team and even with their individual quarterback in Josh Allen, the betting favorite to win NFL MVP. But this is strictly a principal play. It's like when Alabama is an underdog in college football. You just bet them. It's a good bet because it only happens once in a blue moon. And since Patrick Mahomes became the starter in 2018, the Chiefs have only been an underdog 10 times now for this game against the buffalo bills just the second time since the start of the 2020 campaign but let's go all the way back to 2018 in those 10 games as a dog kansas city is seven two and one against the spread six of those seven covers outright and that's what i'm looking at outright chiefs on the money line and in the only time they were an underdog prior to this sunday in arrowhead since the start of 2020 happened just two weeks ago on the road in tampa bay on a Sunday night, a short one-and-a-half-point underdog in that spread category, and the Chiefs put up 41 on the Bucks and went outright by 10 points. So blew it, a principal play, Chiefs, money line, plus 124. Understood. Uh, I, think, I think both defensive backfields have their work cut out for them, and yeah. uh, we'll see if Mahomes can come out on top. I should not be doing this to myself for the total, but I'm going to because I'm a glutton oh. for punishment. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a NFL gambler, so obviously I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I think the Giants have done an amazing job, and I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say I did not expect this, and that Brian Dable has done a tremendous job through these first five weeks. But we have some familiarity here with Wink Martindale, former defensive coordinator, going now for the Giants, former defensive coordinator of the Ravens, all of this stuff feels kind of familiar. I just think that the Ravens are now in a position to attack the Giants a little bit better. I'm going to take their team total of 26 and a half. Doesn't mean that the Giants can't score points or try to stay with them, but the Giants' real key to that to their season defensively is that they've recovered six fumbles already. They haven't picked off a pass yet. I think mm -hmm. Lamar if he's able to really just limit any kind of funky turnovers, which I think he'll be able to do against a defense that they know fairly well, I think this is a, a solid win for the Ravens. I don't really want to mess around with six and a half on the road, although I'm considering right. it, but I'm gonna. this is the way I'm attacking this game. Ravens team total over 26 and a half. I think they get there. And the line has only worked in their favor. It opened at five. It is now at six, six and a half in some places as well. And Baltimore is the fourth best scoring offense in the league. Part of that hampered by the 19 last week on Sunday night football in an under against the Bengals. But on the road so far this year, Baltimore averaging 30 and a half points per game. In fact, you can make the argument the flock has looked better on the road than at home at times when they have a large, large lead. Speaking of those Bengals, Blewett, that's my total. Under 43 and a half for a game between Cincinnati and New Orleans in the Big Easy on Sunday afternoon. Two teams that are struggling right now at just two and three straight up. Some questions about the outlook for both Cincy and New Orleans at this moment. But what we know, Blewett, about the Cincinnati Bengals, all five games this year under. And dating back to last season, 10 straight games for Cincinnati 
under. Since the start of 2021, 18 of the 26 games the Bengals have played under. 69.2% under percentage. The second highest in the National Football League, only the Denver Broncos, have a higher under percentage right now. And Cincy's defense is the eighth best scoring defense in the NFL, allowing less than 18 points per game. Now, New Orleans has played five of their games, three of those to an over so far. But the only game the Saints have played against another top 10 defensive scoring unit in the National Football League came against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Week number two, they only put up 10 points. The Bucs won 20 to 10. And that game with a total, yes, you guessed right, at 43 and a half, the same that we will see Sunday between the Bengals and the Saints, stayed under. So we continue to ride the trend of the Bengals and the under. 69% of their games, nice, under since the start of last year. We continue that trend. The trend is your friend. Bengals, Saints, under. 43 and a half on Sunday, Blewett. I like it, and I would say that my backup side for the Niners is the Bengals. I do like the Bengals to go on the road this Mm. week and get the win. Um, They have not been impressive in a number of different ways. I understand that, but... Uh, barring another four-touchdown performance out of Taysom Hill, I think the Bengals are going to be able to go down there and, and get a win. They're struggling. The Saints are struggling offensively, but they found yeah. a, a key weapon in Taysom Hill. It's funny how we've been through this Taysom Hill whirlpool for the last few years, and we should really just be using him as a power back. That's it. Yeah. That's what he's good at. He can catch some passes, but power back is where he's at, goal line and everything else. So. Uh, so, yeah, Bengals would be my backup side there. So I'm going to end it with a Cooper Cup yardage over. I don't mm-hmm. think that the Panthers are going to be in a really good position this week. I'd be su- I'd, I'd be happy for him, but I'd be surprised if Steve Wilkes really comes out and is able to limit the Rams' offense. I think this is a good get-right get right spot for them. So I like Cooper Cup to go over his receiving yards. They're usually a shockingly high number, but... He was able to hit that with regularity a year ago. You saw the long touchdown against the Cowboys. So I'll stick with that. Obviously, many more props to be released, but that's the guy I'm targeting. It is difficult at times to do the triple option on a early Friday morning here on a football Friday on the morning after because not many props, if any, are released yet for the Sunday slate outside of any time touchdown props. You mentioned Cooper Cup. The number is always high, but yet he still finds his way over because the volume is there. 64 targets this year between Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, the most in the National Football League. I also love some receiving yards props for this Sunday because the 64 for Cooper, the highest number in the NFL in terms of targets, the second highest number or tied for that second highest number is the man known as JJ, Justin Jefferson, who leads all the National Football League in receiving yards this year with 547. He has been targeted 55 times by Kirk Cousins, so the volume is there. Last week against Chicago, we saw that. 12 grabs on 13 targets for a buck 54. Now, like Blewett mentioned for Cooper Cup, the number for Justin Jefferson is probably going to be north of 95 yards, 96 in a hook, 97 and a half. I still might look to it because the Dolphins have the fifth worst passing defense in the NFL giving up 276.8 yards per game to their opponent. And the Vikings throw it the sixth highest percentage of the time in their plays at greater than 63%. But if Justin Jefferson's number is too high, 
Look at Alec Pierce, the rookie wide receiver out of Cincinnati, now playing his football for the Indianapolis Colts. Alec Pierce has had 61 or more receiving yards in three straight games. Why? Because that relationship in his first year with Matt Ryan continues to develop. The targets and the receptions have also gone up every week in the last three. And we saw that on full display last Thursday night in an ugly offensive game. And yet Alec Pierce had eight grabs on nine targets for 81 yards, sailing over his receiving yards prop of 34 and a half. Blewett, my fear is that they saw that in the standalone game on a Thursday, that he was maybe the only offensive bright spot in a miserable football game between the Broncos and the Colts. And his number now is going to be in the mid-50s. That is not my hope, but that might be what we see for the Colts in a big game, Blewett, that I'd love your thoughts on. How big is home field advantage on Sunday for Indianapolis against Jacksonville in an AFC South showdown when we've seen the Colts lose eight straight on the road in Duval County? Obviously, it's important for them, but it's not like their offense has played well. They did beat the Chiefs, clearly a, a big W for them, but there was a lot of mitigating factors in that game for the Chiefs uh, when they lost in Indianapolis I don't know if it's a new quarterback, and I don't know if it's a, a big thing for him to have to go on the road to Jacksonville or if he's really comfortable in Indianapolis yet. But uh, right, this one could be a slugfest. I think you might be looking at a hard under in this one as well. Uh, I'm shading the Colts in this one. Uh, I don't know if they're going to break out, but weapons like Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman are, are really important to try to get this offense going. And that game with Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings is going to be fascinating to watch the spread as we get ready for Sunday because it is against the Dolphins. And as of right now, Teddy Bridgewater still in concussion protocol, although Tua Tungabailoa is back throwing at practice. He will not play on Sunday for the Dolphins. It could be Skylar Thompson, the rookie out of Kansas State, making his first career NFL start. And as of right now, Miami, a three-point home underdog mike blewett one of the hosts of pro football today each and every sunday morning to set up your sunday slate in the national football league right here on sports grid starting at 10 a.m eastern time blewett have a wonderful weekend my friend we round out our number one of this show up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com welcome back to a football Friday, live right here on the morning after we round out this opening hour of TMA on Sirius XM channel 159 the home for sports grid radio on Sirius XM and all across the Spiz Grizz network that's sports grid I am Ben Steven this is a football Friday first and foremost the NFL Sunday slate for week number six marquee matchups a rematch of the divisional round game last year in Arrowhead between the Chiefs and the Bills Sunday night in Philly a battle of the birds and the boys between the Cowboys and the Eagles it is going to be sensational all Sunday long every NFL Sunday is great we'll get to week seven of college football in hour number two truly I could cry thinking about how beautiful tomorrow's games are going to be but there's playoff baseball a triple header on this Friday and the NHL season has already begun so with so much happening in the sports universe 
What are you most looking forward to this weekend? Sitting on your couch and watching on your television outside of Sports Grid. That's what we asked you on Fade the Public. So what are you most looking forward to this weekend at Sports Grid TV? Still an active and ongoing poll on Twitter if you want your input to be taken into account. Is it the Major League Baseball playoffs? Is it your NFL Sunday slate? Is it college football Saturday? Or a little puck talk this weekend as well? Right now, the public, nearly 47%. This is why the NFL always remains king, going with the NFL Sunday slate that you have. 47%, but next up, Major League Baseball postseason, 26%. Only 21% percent of the public saying college football Saturday you are dead to me we are no longer friends do not talk to me do not email me don't even look at me because Saturday is going to be incredible and 6.3 percent the NHL season we do got some hockey here as well all across the sports grid network for me it's 100 percent college football Saturday but I do understand the excitement for your NFL Sunday and for playoff baseball We'll talk about both of those in hour number two, following a Sports Grid News update from Alex Fasano. If Sports Talk Networks were girlfriends, we'd be the one you wouldn't take home to meet mother or your toady little friends. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.